We're going to be continuing to uh, reflect upon the church on the move. And we've been going through the book of Acts as we follow the teaching of Jesus, spending 40 years or 40 days proving that he was the one that had died on the cross, laid in a borrowed tomb, raised from the grave, and spent 40 days proving that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he gave instruction to the four Gospels. He taught by example. He taught by parables. He did everything that he could to show people the direction in which to live a victorious life as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and then in the book of Acts, he gives instruction to the church. And then he empowers them with the power of the Holy Spirit that enables them to accomplish what he wants them to do as they reach a world that needs to know who Jesus really is. The only thing that I'm nervous about this morning is we have two funeral directors in the service, and uh, they don't really make me nervous. Every time I look their way, though, I know they're going to say, give us all the time you can give us. So we're going to wrap this up real tight. Ronnie and Bart, so good to have you. It's an honor to have these, these two people as a personal friend. They do more ministry than any pastor in the town of Sealing and the surrounding area. They w- walk into a home when hearts are broken and spirits are completely destroyed and they they know how to pray they know how to comfort they know how to strengthen and it's an awesome privilege to have bart and ronnie as a part of this community and guys you do a great job and i love you and i appreciate you for it looking at the church this morning i want to make a few comments before we go to the book of acts today for our scripture setting and probably we'll use the text as a closing element in the message today But church is like a hospital. It's where the sick and the brokenhearted, the bruised and the beaten and the battered because of sin and unrighteousness come for help. It's okay if you're here today and you don't have life altogether. None of us do. Everybody just got to be a part of the message this morning. I don't want you to get quiet on me because we have two funeral directors here. They don't want all the business. They just want yours. (laughs) Kidding, 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 kidding. I'll pay for that. They're looking down. That's not so. That's not so. They're here because they're friends. But the church today is a, is a place where we get together, not because we have it all together, but because we realize that life is complicated. Life has challenges, and we all need help going through an area of our life where we're totally unprepared for. And many times we see the handwriting on the wall, and yet we, we find ourselves in a season when we don't have it all together. And the Bible tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray. And we all have areas in our life that we need to mend the fences. To, we need to do a better job in our spiritual walk with the Lord. We need to learn to love even our enemies and return good for evil. We have lessons before us every day. I was I was listening to Jared. He was was teaching the adult class in the book of James how we, he and I both uh, have this issue in our life. We know whatever we preach to you on Sunday, we're going to have to live it the next seven days. And it was on patience today. I I hate that word. I, I don't like waiting. I know that's called impatience, and I know every preacher should be patient, but, you know, I, I, I just need to tell you my life is under construction this morning, so give me a break, okay? Everybody that's going to give me a break, smile. Three people aren't. That's scary. Moving on. If you have it all together today, you wouldn't need to be here. However, hospitals do not tolerate sick people hang around who don't want to get better. No doctor is going to keep fooling with a patient who won't take his medicine and won't accept a needle, but he only wants to occupy a room. What would you think if somebody said, look, 
I'm sick. I've decided to stay sick because I like this hospital. I'm going to put my name on the door to this room and live here for a while. You would condemn such a place for the misuse of the hospital because a hospital only exists to give life. That's what the church does. Just as you and I were born and, and, and we go to a hospital to get equipped to live, you're born again to become a part of the church triumphant. Church is also for pregnant people. When ladies become pregnant, they usually locate a doctor that delivers babies, and she usually uh, meets doctors for several months before giving birth to the baby. Mom is pregnant. She's expecting, and so are you. You don't know what to expect from one hour to the other. She has a responsibility to eat right, exercise right, and do all she can to give birth to a healthy baby as well as keeping her own body healthy. When the day arrives for the baby to be born, the mother and the dad travel to the hospital with great excitement because life is about to change. Mom is expecting a baby. I know there's going to be pain, there's going to be suffering and discomfort, but there's also going to be a celebration. In certain hospitals, when a baby is born, music comes over the loudspeaker, and when music that represents the birth of a new baby. I've been there, I've heard it. It's, a, it's an amazing announcement. I believe as a church, Elm Grove needs to continue to be expectant. We need to get ready. We need to become pregnant with the Word of God. It's time that we have music in the halls of this church again as newborn people come to know the Jesus Christ and become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 7, is a scripture that we very seldom relate to. But the Bible says there's more joy in heaven when one sinner comes to the Lord than there are when 99 people who need no repentance. Let that sink in for a moment. There can be music in the halls of heaven when your life represents Jesus Christ and your, your relationship with other people. Bring them to the house of God or bring them to an altar of prayer. And they come to know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior because you have been the one that's influenced their life to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this this morning. Following Jesus doesn't make us perfect. It just allows us to become a part of the family of God. And we know how to live together and work together and enjoy the company of each other. And the Bible says this, By this shall all men know you're my followers if you love one another. Amen. There's nothing like the love of a family. There's nothing like the love of a church family. Waylon, good to see you this morning. I didn't want to leave you out of the team. Waylon is a great man. It's not Waylon Jennings, but every time I see him, I call him Waylon Jennings. He's never sang to me yet, but I'm sure he's going to. Back to the church. Church is an awesome place. It's not where we get together and we leave this, this church feeling like we've all got it together. It's, the church is a place where we encourage one another. When you love somebody, that, that's imparting a strength and a courage to somebody that needs to be hugged. When you say, I love you, that's something you're, you're, you are uh, depositing something in that person's life that may fill the area of their life that's void. When I tell people I love them, I also follow this. I really appreciate you. What I mean is your value goes up, not down. When something depreciates, the value decreases, but when you appreciate a value, it goes up. And I believe as a body of Christ, we need to learn to tell each other, I really appreciate you. Maybe they could have ran over your dog and they didn't. <laughs> maybe, they could have, maybe they could have crowded in front of you at Walmart, but they uh, let you go first. Or maybe they just held the door open for you as you entered and, and you said thank you. 
There's always something about the following sentence that takes a little effort, but when you say it with your heart, it has meaning. And I really appreciate you. There's appreciation that we have that God wants to develop in all of us today, and it's called the church on the move. We are on the move because we have the strength and courage of the presence of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do the things we cannot do without the Lord. Jesus spent 40 40 days teaching his followers just a few, few days after his resurrection. He spent days teaching them how how that the field was open, the field was ripe and ready for harvest, and he needed a body of Christ to take the good news to a world that didn't know him. And today, we're looking at the book of Acts. It gives us a picture. It gives us an illustration of what happened to the church after Jesus was crucified, died on a cross, laid in a borrowed tomb, raised three days after his death on the cross, and he spends this time just enveloping and developing uh, about 120 people that received the promise. All through the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is trying to teach his followers how to live a fruitful and overcoming life, how to be effective in witnessing the Christian life so that others would want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, to live an overcoming life and to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. People who are followers of the Lord are called Christians. Christians means people that have a desire to be Christ-like. Do we always, do we always develop or do we always uh, allow that spirit to inhabit our lives? No. There are moments when we feel unchristlike. There are moments when we don't, just don't feel like Christians. I can tell you one thing. On Monday morning, I don't feel like a preacher. Every Monday morning before the first cup of coffee is drank, I've resigned several times. And I think, you know, there's no need to, there's no need to continue. There's no, why don't I just step aside and let somebody else do it? But you know, by the time I've drank that second pot of Folgers coffee, I, I encourage myself with these words. I believe I'll try it one more week. I believe I'll try it one more week. If you're here and discouraged this morning, On the way home, go by the grocery store and buy you a can of Folgers coffee. (laughs) Folgers coffee will keep you. I'm living proof. uh, Sherry and I have stood in this place for 40 years all because of Jesus Christ and Folgers coffee. (laughs) And I tell my family, I'm not addicted to it. I just need it. (laughs) 40 days. You know... I believe we should come to the house of God to have fun. You know, your, 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 your body gives off powerful things when you laugh. Did you know a merry heart does good like a medicine? Have you ever met people, and I'm, I'm so glad they don't go to this church, but have you ever met people, you, you never said this out loud, but you thought it. If they smiled, it would crack their face. You took the words right out of I'll bet some of those ladies do their nails at your house. I'm glad they don't go to this church. Hallelujah. I can say it because they don't go to this church. A merry heart does good like a medicine. And I'm telling you, we all need medicated from day to day. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to energize our muscles because Jesus has made a great deposit in every Christian. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all... There it is right there. The highlight of all. All spiritual blessings in 
heavenly places. Everybody say this word with me this morning. I'm in a heavenly place. Terry, even though you're in a motorized vehicle this morning, you're sitting in heavenly place this morning. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God has blessed you with an awesome wife. He's blessed you with awesome friends. And he's not through with you. The journeys of life change from time to time. Circumstances may come and go, but I can tell you, Jesus is real. Hebrews 13, 6 says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're part of the family of God today, you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to energize you, I need to tell you, you're involved in a church that's on a move. There's no lazy bones at Elm Grove. If you see somebody who has one, let me know. I'm ready to go. We will find something to do. Isn't it awesome how God never calls us all to the same thing, never gives us all the same duties in the, in the kingdom of God, but he empowers us with the same spirit. Yes. It's a kindred spirit. You're my brothers this morning. You're my sisters. You don't drive the same car I do. You don't believe there's going to be Fords in heaven, but that's okay. That's your opinion. <laughs> I'm telling you, God just, he doesn't care if you drive a, a orange vehicle or a red vehicle. He wants what's inside to be on the level of the Holy Spirit. Yes. When you're walking with the Lord, when, you're in, when you realize the calling of God is in your life, and he motivates you to say, I will do that, Pastor. I'll, with God's help, I'll try to do my best with the, with the need that you're offering today. You have opened your life for the Holy Spirit to empower you to accomplish a job that only God can accomplish you. The Holy Spirit enables every pastor to become a part of the, of, the, of the church that's on the move. And the church that's on the move is always doing what Jesus did. And Acts uh, tells, uh, the place slips my mind this morning, but it says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, for God was with him. You know, Jesus is our elder brother this morning, and if God will anoint Jesus, he'll anoint you. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you this morning. Can I ask you this question? Are you a part of the church that's on the move? Or are you wanting to be a part of the church on the move? Are you here this morning and you're saying, I'm really glad. I just get tired of hearing the pastor and Pastor Jared tell about everything that's going on. Well, there will be a rest day one day. One day you will lay aside the toils of this life. But we'll only be remembered by the things that we did for the Lord. Isn't that awesome? The Bible says a cup of cold water will not lose its reward. Everything you go to do for the kingdom has great rewards. And we need to realize today that God wants to develop us into the kind of people that we can say, thank you, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And if everybody here, the, the, to those that are married this morning, there's also something that God enables every, every husband the ability to do. I can tell you our flesh doesn't help us develop it, but the Holy Spirit does. I'm so sorry. There's three men that are really giving me a, a look this morning. Try it, it'll work. Try it, it will work. 60 years has came and gone for Sherry and I. 40 years of it has been, of the best years of our life, has been spent hanging out with people like you. We've enjoyed the ride. We've enjoyed the encounters. We've laughed with you when you've laughed. We've cried with you when we, you've cried. We've all made mistakes. And it's, it's never a sin for a pastor to say, look, I blew it, it didn't work rather than try to crush it over with icing and make it look good. The Bible says, you know, we're known by our fruits. 
And so being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ gives us the ability to accept the fact that God is every day, he has a working power that he wants to accomplish in our life. And the church that's on the move is never a boring place. It's his body, it's his church who will dare to stand up, stand out, and be representative of the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 2 marks the beginning of the early church. The day of Pentecost was embraced by a group that was all in one accord. One of the greatest treasures that I have of this church is we're in one accord. Amen. We all have different, different opinions about things, but we're in one accord. And when we come to the house of God, we worship together. When we eat, we eat together. We love enjoying the fellowship that God has prepared for us because he's the creator of every good and perfect thing. And if you're here today and you don't enjoy the fellowship, ask God to give you a hunger for the fellowship. If you're here today and you're struggling to love people, ask God to give you an appetite. He wants you to be impregnated with the very thing that you are lacking today so that you can become a greater follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have great news for you. Jesus never condemns us for what we lack. He's always standing at our heart's door. And here's what he's doing. He's knocking, waiting for you to invite him in. What does he want to do? He wants to eat with you. Then he wants to empower you to become the person you will never become without him. And then when you do that, he gives you the desire. I want to be a church that's on the move. I want to be like Jesus. I want to go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed. And everybody in this building this morning has the ability to plug in somewhere and bless someone. A gentleman who's not here this morning called me a few days ago. He was running down the highway. He works in the oil field. He had a... A a destination he needed to reach, but he passed a a gentleman that was walking down the road. He said, Pastor, I no more passed him, and I knew I was to turn around and I went back and picked him up. He said, When I got to the intersection, I said, Which way are you going, buddy? And he said, I'm going this way. He said, I turned and went that way. He said, By the time I got him to his destination, he had told me such a horrible story about how he had been employed. It didn't work out. He was going home broke because things just didn't work out for him. He said, Not only did it get him to his destination, place he said I stopped by the grocery store and I bought him a hundred dollars worth of groceries I said yes yes that's my kind of guy yes he's a part of the church on the move yes he's sowing seed and let me tell you something you don't always have to see the harvest of your seed just keep sowing seed just keep sowing seed just keep going sowing good seed because let me tell you even bad seed has a fruit (laughs) even bad seed has a crop I'm telling you, you just keep sowing seeds. You say, well, I've sowed all of my life. I've never seen anything good. Well, let me tell you, your job is to just keep on sowing. Just keep on sowing. The Bible says one will sow, another waters, but God gives the increase. Yes. It's all for the glory of God. Don't, get it. Don't, don't do something just so God, people will praise you. Do it for the glory of God. I'm telling you, it's exciting to be a part of the church on the move. We see a world today that's racked with heartache and sorrow. We, see, we live in a country this morning that's probably the greatest mission field in all the world. In fact, foreign countries are sending missionaries to America because of our nation going the wrong direction. Listen to me today. You're a missionary right where you're at. We all have neighbors that need Jesus. We all have neighbors that need a, a helping hand. The church on the move is always people that lay aside their indifference, lay aside their, their needs, and they seek to help somebody else in need. 
And Bible, the Bible just encourages each one of us. Be a part of the church in triumph. Acts chapter 2 marks the beginning of the early church. The day of Pentecost was embraced by a group in one accord. The Holy Spirit made its interest from heaven as the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were seated. You couldn't deny that presence, could you? The whole house. We all know what a 50 and 60 mile an hour wind sounds like. It's kind of common around here in western Oklahoma. How about when it gets stronger than that on the inside of the building where we're, where we're residing? Acts chapter 2 verse 3 tells us that divided tongues is a fire set upon each of them. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 tells us that Peter explains Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 36 through 41 records a message that Peter preached and those who gladly received his word were baptized and about 3,000 people were added to the early church. One message. The same guy preached a message that had denied Christ. The same message that came from the lips of a man that had failed God miserably, yet God raises him up, fills him, and empowers him with the Holy Spirit, and he's telling the good news. 3,000 people. What would you do this morning if in one message Pastor Jared preached at this, mess, at this pulpit and 3,000 people were here next Sunday? These people aren't here, but those that aren't here today would say, you got my seat. <laughs> Moving, I could tell her, I, I could see it now. I wonder who he's talking about. They're not here. Don't look around. They're not here. They're not here. 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 26 reflects upon the healing of the lame, gate, lame man that lay at the gate called Beautiful since he was born. Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, who have preached a dynamic message, are arrested and warned not to continue to preach in the name of Jesus. But they continue to speak with boldness. The conclusion of this is this. The crowd said they're ignorant and unlearned. Can I ask you this morning, would that make you mad? If I walked up to you this morning and said, you know, I can tell you've had a prayer meeting today, but you're still ignorant and unlearned. There's not many, but a few would leave. Peter and John had no fear that anybody was going to leave because the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage, the anointing that sets the captives free, the anointing had flowed through their life and great boldness came upon their life because they were there to help, not run people off. They were there to feed people that were hungry. They were there to show them the greatness of God as he, they continued to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were warned not to, don't do that again. Don't preach in the name of Jesus again. But they continued to speak with boldness. Well, pastor, doesn't the word say to obey the laws of the land? Yes, it does, but why doesn't the world do that? Have you ever considered how many million abortions that have took place? And the Bible says, thou shalt not murder. Moving on. Where well, I lost my place. The conclusion is this. The crowd says that Peter and John were ignorant and unlearned. But they left with the blessings of the Lord. Jail and prison was no threat to them because they were filled with God's presence. Now I'm going to close the message this morning with Acts chapter 4. And I'm going to give you the topic of the words that I've just spoken to you. Acts chapter 4 verses 32-37 share some simple and powerful things that we want to highlight that, we, that, has been brought, that has brought a great harvest to the church. Why did the church grow by the thousands? Why did we suddenly see a turnaround in people's life? 
that had been followers, not of Jesus, but of the enemy. Why did we see the empowerment come to the church? It's recorded in Acts chapter 4 and verse 32 through 37, and I want to read it to you. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart. I want you to write that down, one heart. Not, not with a pen. I want you to place this in your heart. They were all of one heart. Craig and I are of one heart. Do we look alike? No. Do we think the same thing? No. But we've all walked away and made a phone call later. I'm on the same page with you. One heart. One heart. There's no bruises this morning right there, is there? No. We're of one heart. One. Notice, the multitude of those who believe were of one heart. Are you of one heart this morning with your companion? That's where it begins. Victory is won or lost at the house. Are you on the same page with your, the, the person who took you for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and health, as long as you both shall live? If not, your homework is set before you. Go home and get it right between your, your, the person who took you for better or for worse. Go home and get it right. Get on the same page and have one heart. Yes. may have different opinions, but... We can, we can solve the opinions with one heart. I love you unconditionally. Adam, I love you unconditionally. I've never played sports, but I still love you unconditionally. <laughs> they were of one soul. Our soulish man is our mind, will, and emotion. When we come to the house of God, we can rely on one thing. Jesus is right. All other things must come under the direction of the word of God, or it's not right. God's word is true. It's, it stood the test of time. It withstood all of the tyranny of our politicians, and they're still right this morning. It never returns void. It always accomplishes what it says it'll do, and it'll always do what it says it'll do. God has never had to apologize for his word. It's encouraging us. It's given us the sharing of the things that made the, the church on the move strong. They were one, of one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say any of these things he possessed was his own. All of us have had, most of us have had families. Most of us have had children. Today, some of us have grandchildren. And some of us have great-grandchildren. You know, the first word your children probably spoke, mine. Mine. When company would come and somebody would want to play with their toys, Mine. Mine. But only children do that. <laughs> Even though when we come to church and somebody's got a seat, it's mine. Moving on. <laughs> all, all. Neither did anyone say that pew belongs to me. Our possession was his own, but they all had things in common. Verse 33, and with great power, the apostles became witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. I want to highlight that this morning. Great grace is upon you. Great grace is to be able to walk away when you've been condemned. Great grace gives you the ability to keep your mouth shut when you want to give somebody a part of your belongings. Great grace is one that can, can say, you know, whatever you think, according to your word, be it to you, but it's not going to change my lifestyle. Great grace gives you to reach beyond barriers and help people that don't think like you. They don't go to the same church. They don't act. They don't. Great gracious give you the ability. It opens the door to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Are you a believer this morning? If you are, put your hands together. By this, you're going to say, I'm a believer today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're part of a great church this morning. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. Listen to that. A part of the great church reaches beyond their, their, their lifestyle to, he, to help somebody who's lacking. This church is for the past 40 years, has always reached across the, 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 the fence to those that were less fortunate than we are. It's a weekly basis today. We reach across the fence and help somebody. The Bible says the widows and the orphans are part of our responsibility, and we do our best to fulfill that every week, sometimes more than one day a week, as people that attend this church have special needs. And then there's a community, and we help take care of that. No one was lacked. And all who were possessors of land and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed each as anyone had need. And Barnabas, which was translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyrus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at his apostles' feet. I'm going to close it with this this morning. <clears throat> God isn't interested in what's in your pocketbook today. He's really interested in what's in your heart. The Bible says out of the issues of the heart, the mouth flows. And, and you can tell in just a few moments of conversation whether a heart is hardened or whether a heart is calloused, whether a heart is filled with bitter and angerness or whether a heart is filled with love and compassion. Just a conversation because the heart, out of the issues of the heart, flow out of our mouth. And the fruit of what's in our heart is always is exposed sooner or later. God's not interested in what's in your billfold this morning. He owns cattle on a thousand hills, and he's never had to sell one head of cattle to get me out of problems financially. Isn't that great? Yes. What he wants to do is reach beyond your pocketbook into your heart today. And the Bible says, let a man examine his heart, his own heart. And the world is so good at examining other people's heart. I'm telling you today, Washington, D.C. is filled with heart doctors examining other people's heart. Boy, if they only knew what I was saying to my television when they'd come on. I would say, I'm saying, go examine your own heart, you bozo. And the Holy Spirit says, uh, what a blessing you are to the kingdom. And he uses my wife to say that. The most, most discounting thing she says sometimes is when I allow the television to drive, pull me off, of course. She is so loving. And after 60 years, she knows how to put a damper and put it to fire out in my life. When she says, I'm sure they heard every word of what you said. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> a church on the move today. If you're, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to ask yourself this question. Am I part of the church that's on the move? If not, why not? Gold medal flower was made in Lubbock, Texas when I was just a boy going to high school and my dad pastored in Texas. And gold medal flower was owned by Christian people. 
And they had a gold medal labeled on each sack of flour. And the reason I know this so well is my mother fed, kept the, the flour sacks because she made four boys their church. She had a, a singer sewing machine with a pedal on it, and my mother was a real seamstress. We never wore factory shirts until I was in high school because my mom can do it better Amen. than anyone else. Gold medal flower says, if eventually, why not now? Their motto was this, if eventually the whole world would use gold medal flower, why not just go ahead and start today? Listen to me. If eventually you want to sell out to the Lord, if eventually you want to give him everything you have, if eventually you want to, you want to surrender everything that's caused your, your life to, to be callous this morning, to be walking in difference and to, and to have a, a horrible outlook on life, if eventually you want to make that right, let me just ask you the question, why would you want to put it off to some more appointed time? Why not now? As you bow your head this morning in prayer, I ask this question today. Just like at 3 o'clock this morning when I woke up and for about two hours I allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to me, and I, my cry was this, Lord, let the words that come through these lips of clay this morning be encouraging. May it be fruit for somebody in the congregation today. Let it be words of encouragement that would change their life and would want to cause them to be a part of the church on the move. Lord, above all, let my spirit be right with you, Lord, and let the Holy Spirit empower me with the words today that will challenge the church to move forward because many, many, many in our world today are lost and on the wrong road going the wrong direction. Lord, there's many in the, in the family of God this morning. Afflictions have came upon them. Things have came their way and robbed them of the, of the blessings of the Lord. I have encouragement for you. No matter where you're at in the journey of life, God knows and he cares and he has an answer for your dilemma. And before we bring the service to a close in prayer, I want to ask you this morning, how many are in the congregation today? There's a famine in some area of your life this morning. Life just isn't complete. In fact, you, you would just say, there are days when life just stinks in my, my nostrils. I just, I just don't know how I'm going to make it through another day. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never joined the family of God. But you realize eventually, someday you intend to. Well, if eventually, why not just acknowledge it this morning? You'd say by an uplifted hand in one area or another, the pastor that you've spoken about this morning, I'm a part of that group. Could I see your hands as you raise across the building today? Anyone while we wait? Yeah, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. We all, we all are needy people this morning. There never will there be a time when we can sit down before life comes to a close and say, I've accomplished everything that I set out to do. Jesus has become Lord of more than I ever wanted to happen in my life. We will never get there. But I can tell you, God wants the anointing to flow through your life this morning. He wants the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to enable you to walk away from the things that are discouraging and hurting your walk with the Lord. And he wants you to just simply trust him. Just simply lay aside the weight to sit and easily beset you and say, Lord, I'll trust in you. I will fear no evil. Lord, today, let this be a commitment. Let this be a commitment today for those that raised their hand. As Jared comes to close the service this morning, I want to say to those that raised your hand this morning, God bless you today. Don't leave the building without asking somebody to pray for you. If you want special prayer, please come at the dismissal of the service, and we'll have people at the front will pray for you. 
What a joy it is to be in God's house. Jared is coming this morning. May the joy of the Lord strengthen you in the hours to come, and may his blessings be upon you in your time of coming and going. God bless you. Go ahead and stand your feet with us this morning. As you stand, if you raise your hand and you need prayer, we'll be here at the front. Uh, Craig and Linda will come and join me as well. We'll be here at the front to, to meet you and to pray with you and to, to lift any need you might have up to the Lord. And so feel free to take advantage of that and come and let us agree with you together in prayer today. As, you, as we're dismissed this morning, just remember the sign-up sheet for tonight there in the foyer at the coffee bar in the lobby. Be sure and get signed up if you want to come and go with us down on just a little quick trip over to Romero. It's going to be a lot of fun. Remember also today at 2 o'clock here in the sanctuary, we'll be having the memorial service for Mark Clayton. So remember the Clayton family. Lift them up in your prayers uh, throughout the day today as uh, we memorialize his life and just for... Uh, uh, bring some hope and encouragement and love to this great family. So let's join in prayer this morning and uh, we'll dismiss. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you for your many blessings. God, what an honor to be in your house today. God, thank you for your word. And God, I thank you that your word will take root in our heart. And God, we know that your word is planted there for a reason. And God, we know that your word is planted there in this season. And so, Father, I pray right now that in this moment, God, that that word would just begin to spring forth fruit in our life. God, that uh, uh, as we continue to walk out this relationship with you, God, that we would, our heart's desire would be to draw closer to you than ever before. Your word says that if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so, Father, I pray this morning that we make that decision to draw near unto you, Father, that we might be walking close relationship with you and what you want established in our life. God, go with us. Lead us, guys, and direct us in all that we do. And God will give you the praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen.